From the nearest comic book to the farthest cinematic universe, journey into the past, present, and future of your fandom. This is Meanwhile. This is Meanwhile. This is Meanwhile. Twenty-two pages later, with your hosts, the Cap, MFG, and Ralph the Tech. Please stand by. Wait, wait, what? Which way? Wait, what way? <laughs> that way? No. No, this is the way. Yeah, welcome to another helmet-wearing episode of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 246. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, and with me as always is the man who, number one, if he's wearing a helmet, he's probably rolling his eyes at the intro right now. But also, if he was forced to wear a helmet, because it, he wouldn't keep it on because he was sworn by honor. He would do it because he's afraid that people were jealous of his good looks. He is Mike, also known as MFG. That is all true, <laughs> but I want to ask the people that actually listened to the intro that he did, please don't turn off our show. <laughs> the jokes get better, I swear. Wow. <laughs> that was cheap. I was like, that, that was cheap. Even I agree it wasn't worth it. <laughs> that, was, that was a low bar. Okay. <laughs> kind of talks about the show. <laughs> what? All right, Mike. We set the bar low and then we dig beneath it. <laughs> I like that about us. All righty. Um, I know what you guys want to hear. You want to hear about the horror films and thrillers where black people live till the end. I'm not going to say it because you always correct me. Because that's the way it is. But I've been on a roll where I've been getting more and more correct. In the difficulty of, in the level of difficulty, where are we in this one? Oh, this one is super, super easy. Anyone that doesn't get this, shame on you. You've embarrassed your whole family. Just move away. Change your name. And just 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 leave society altogether. There's <laughs> there's no way you're not going to get this. Challenge accepted. Go right ahead. Alrighty, so here we go. Uh, this is a horror film and thriller for black people live to the end. A thought so distressing, it's listed as an ongoing offense in the Biden's impeachment inquiry. Oh, oh yeah. God. Alrighty, here we go. Remember, you're gonna to need to answer the actor or actress who is playing the person that I mentioned and the movie that it's from. Alrighty, here we go. Lieutenant William Somerset was just one week away from retirement when he and his new partner had to solve a streak of sinfully grisly murders. One more time for the hose at home. Lieutenant William Somerset was just one week away from retirement when he and his new partner had to solve a streak of sinfully grisly murders. So think about that, and you should already have the answer to that, but you will get the answer after the quick news. That answer is so easy. I believe that Ralph and I are going to need a buzzer in between us and one of us have to fight for the answer because I think we both got it. So I know which movie he's talking about. For the life of me, the name eludes me right now. I well, that's just too bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, let me introduce that voice that was just speaking and our other illustrious host, the one that just you know spoke right there, is the man who would fight for his people and fight for what's right and fight through monsters, but he probably draw the line at clowns. <laughs> he is RT squared, Ralph the Tech. No, I draw the line around the clowns to box them in because they're all mimes at heart. They won't be able to move, and then I just throw the bomb right there. That took a lot of thought, but that also shows how scared you are of clowns. I'm not scared. They just make me uncomfortable. <laughs> so the other day, I was just minding my business, walking mm -hmm. down the street. Went out of nowhere, but you'll never guess what happened. A portal opened up somewhere? Close. Aliens abducted me again. Oh, oh, that was my second guess. You really do enjoy a good, generous anal probing, don't you? No, no. So these weren't the probing kind, right? They they strapped some like probes around my wrist, right? 
and made me like move around in gestures, almost like I was like a marionette or something. Um, and then it was really weird because like the they then put this like suit on me with like little dots and stuff, and there was like a camera looking at me, and they told me to do like various moves around, mm-hmm. right? And then afterwards, they gave me some money and then dropped me back off at my house. And I'm like, huh, that was weird. <laughs> then the next day I remembered I was actually doing um, some motion capture stuff for a studio, but I had taken an edible beforehand. So that explains that. That'll do it. Yeah. But then uh, when I looked at the mirror that morning and I was taking off the face paint, a thought occurred to me. Everybody on this planet has kicked a pregnant woman before. What? And Shame I, on you. And I do it again. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Shame God. on you. That's Ho- true. Holy heck. Right? It is true. It's a crazy thought. <laughs> you know what's a crazy thought? As you explain that, you sound like you ate the edible before you told that story. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. I plead the fifth. You sounded like the, like the, like the run-on seven-year-old. And then this happened, and then with the eyes looking side to side, and then this happened. Wasn't that the assignment? <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right, so um, today we'll be reviewing the Disney Plus Star Wars show that has made it to a third season with a cowboy sci- sci-fi vibe and a cute, marketable little creature. And usually, from what I remember... A lot of things come in threes, so does that mean this season is at its end? That question and more will be answered as we discuss the series, The Mandalorian, Season 3. But first, I will send this segment directly to Mike, where he will just read the latest in geek culture and not once insult Ralph and I. So here he is, Innocent Mike, and it's quick news. And now, the quick news. Brought to you by MFG and Ralph and Cap. And that quick news intro was brought to you by PETA. Pain in the ass people. Yes, that's where they are. <laughs> my family. <laughs> Shout out to my family, whoever's listening. I'm only kidding. Talk about the other side of the family. What you got there, Mike? Yeah, this is the quick news, not the quick rundown of your family, damn it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Alrighty. Awards season has come early, and these two iconic creators definitely deserve trophies for their actions. So first up, world's angriest comic book writer with a heart of gold goes to Alan Moore. The acclaimed writer behind Watchmen, V for Vendetta, and Batman the Killing Joke, among many, many other great works, is known for his disdain for the very medium he nearly single-handedly recreated. He's also known to despise nearly all movie and TV productions of his works. So going forward, Moore has asked DC Comics to send all of his future adaptation royalties to Black Lives Matter. Wow. In an interview with The Telegraph, the legendary writer said that he doesn't even want his royalties to be divided between the writers and the creatives who have adapted his works to a screen anymore because he feels that they don't replicate his works in alignment with his original principles. During the interview, Moore also shared his thoughts on the comic book industry with, quote, I didn't mean my experiments with comics to be immediately taken up as something that the whole industry should do. When I was working and doing things like Watchmen, I was not saying that dark, psychopathic characters are really cool, but that does seem to be the message that the industry took for the next 20 years, end quote. Moore also slammed Frank Miller's Dark Knight, stating it's, quote, a pretty sub-fascist vision. It's the idea of one man, perhaps on horseback, who can sort out this mess 
that's a bit too birth of a nation, end quote. Wow. Yeah. I was like, go, go, go. Now, now, mind you, on this podcast, for those who are longtime listeners, we've had our issues with some things that Alan Moore has said about his own product mm-hmm. or about certain views he's had or, or how he views certain things about the current combo culture. But this one sounds like a little bit, I mean, wow. Okay. I yeah. mean, and for those who, I don't know how many of those love Frank Miller, you know, Frank Miller has a lot of great work, but I don't think he's aged very well. And I think... Alan Moore's kind of like pointing a finger at that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And also, I mean, like, the, you know, again, he's very picky, and I get that he's overly critical and picky about his own work, but, you know, he also does have valid points, you know. He's so, like somebody I know. I don't know who. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> in, uh, Ralph? <laughs> in later news, I will legally be changing my name to Black Lives Matter. Ooh. Thank you for all the world. <laughs> nice. Nice. Good move. But I'll say this, out of all the things you were going to say, if you, if you gave me, like like Ralph talks about a dartboard or the spinning wheel where you can guess things, Alan Moore giving his royalties to Black Lives Matter would not have been on that, yeah, on that know, list. You know, DC's like, first of all, there's still black people. <laughs> <laughs> Do we even have that color? I, I was as long as we don't have a color, then we're good. <laughs> all righty. The second award. Here we go. Oh, wow. Two awards. Oh, yeah. I said these two iconic people. Just making sure. Oh, yeah. The slapback of the year award goes to Bill Willingham. After years of past and continuing battles with DC Comics, the comic book creator, writer, and artist struck back at the giant publisher in a way that will surely leave a mark. Willingham is known to seasoned readers of a certain age for his incredible writing and creation of the superhero book Elementals, which was reviewed on Mike's shelf at one point years Mm -hmm. ago, uh, which first saw publication in 1983. But for the last two decades, for people wondering if they know who he is, Willingham garnered fans of all ages with his ongoing mega hit comic series Fables, which began in 2002. Oh, that's right. right. That's where everybody would know from now. Right. Well, here we go. Among the list of grievances with DC and his Fables properties, the 67-year-old highlighted late reporting of royalties and often under-reporting said royalties and attempting to strong-arm the ownership of Fables from him because he owns the rights to do anything he wants without giving away the rights. He can give them, keep them, he can sell them to anyone else. Um, He personally has to deal with DC, but he has the rights are all his. They don't belong to DC at all. So... William cites many more offenses of his, in his public blog called These Foolish Games, including not receiving his profit sharing when DC gave Telltale Games permission to create the Fables tie-in game, The Wolf Among Us. So he, didn't, he hasn't even gotten money for that yet. Wow. And that game, how many years ago? So according to the comic author, here we go, quote, without giving them details, I warned them months in advance that this moment was coming. I told them what I was about to do would be both legal and ethical. So... What could Bill Willingham do to harm the publishing behemoth? Inspired by the principles of asymmetric warfare, here we go. As of September 15th, 2023, the comic book property called Fables, including all related Fable spinoffs and characters and games, is now in the public domain. Wow. What was once wholly owned by Bill Willingham is now owned by everyone for all time. Now, this is to note, this is just like, I mean, he's even losing on his, I mean, not really losing, but uh, Willingham's contract with DC is still in force, meaning he can't publish Fable stories with anyone else. He can't authorize Fable's movies or shows or even lunchboxes with anyone but DC. But in public domain, the public did not enter any agreement with DC, and therefore they can produce films, cartoons, books, toys, anything 
without the consent of DC, as long as you don't use their copyrighted interpretations of the characters. So put this in the manila folder and file it under hot damn. (laughs) That was the ultimate like, holy. Okay, then we both will lose. I mean, well, he's not really losing because I mean, again, he gets any royalties for all of his past work. Like, so anytime they reprint the books, if they beg him to do another thing, they have to pay him. They have to pay him in in anything in his contract. It's just that now, literally, you and I can draw whatever we want to on a T-shirt. We can write a book. If we had a cartoon platform, we could make a, a, I mean, it's the public's now. The only thing that like, says, and again, I don't know this legally because I'm, I'm no I'm no lawyer to everyone out there. Um, but generally the what? way most copyright works is that, like for instance, um, you you run into problems once you like, for instance, like Wizard, Wizard of Oz, once you start using ruby red slippers, because that was the um, whoever was it, Universe? I forget who made Wizard of Oz, but whoever created the movie, that was their change. MGM? MGM, yeah, because in the book, they weren't ruby red. They were silver. Uh, oh, So you can always do silver or any other color that you want to. You just, it's just ruby red is MGMs. We Things like that, you know. Change the ruby to scarlet. There you go. Yeah, a little bit hard, but you know. But yeah, <laughs> but so isn't that just a... I, I am like, wow, dude. Because the, the article was really interesting I was reading. He was just like, he goes, I don't have the money to fight them because they will just drag it out. He goes, I don't have the money and I'm too old. So he goes, you know, all right, well then fine. I, wow. You can keep me on this this weird leash and, and do whatever you want to, but now the whole world can create possibly better stories than you'll come up with. Bravo, Mr. Willingham. Wow, that is amazing. I I'm, thought that was just stunning. Especially in a world where people are looking for every every chance that they can to kind of hold on to what they have. He said, you know what? I mean, as much as you know, I would want to be able to do this, the integrity of the brand and plus screw them i'm gonna you know open it up to the public domain well, that's the thing too they they keep wanting to make grand changes to his own characters he's like no and you know and stuff like it, it's it's a whole long thing with him but also he's um he believes in uh there should be copyright uh, termination i believe in it too he um think about it, he's had uh fable since 2002 so it's been over 20 years he believes that in tw- uh, after 20 years like you have at the most one right to sell it to another person whatever right it is they get only 10 more years, and after that, it's automatically public. That's what he would love to see in copyright. So basically, after 30 years, everything eventually just becomes public domain. Public domain. You know, yeah. so that you don't get big companies profiting like Disney doing with like all the grim fairy tales and all this other stuff they keep trying to keep to themselves and whatnot. Right. Ralph? You mean all the ways uh, Disney tries to keep Mickey copyrighted? Yeah, copyrighted. Exactly. Okay, so not for nothing, and I don't, I'm going to regret this. What would Mickey say right now if um, he was in part of this conversation about, you know, (laughs) he didn't expect me to do that. But you know what? It's one of the few um, impersonations that Ralph does well. And watch him screw it up. (laughs) Well, you know, here, I'm going to take. I'm sorry. I'm going to use my real voice. This is Mickey talking. (laughs) I've been smoking cigarettes since they drew me. I'm going to be part of Disney forever and ever. You're never going to. I am Disney. I'll never leave. I'm going to be here till you die. Oh, my God. And then some. (laughs) (laughs) He sounded like the actress from Throw Mama from the Train. (laughs) 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 But an interesting take on on that story. And and it's funny how I'm waiting for Disney to get their comeuppance. Not that I want them to get their comeuppance, but I feel like that's next. That's going to happen next. But I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, so, well, you know. In other news, um, I'm going to be in my house for a while writing uh, fable stories. So okay, go for it. if you don't hear from me, it's because I sold a lot of them and made a lot of money. 
<laughs> Bigsby Wolf will be on a lot of people's uh, storytelling list. I, I bet, right? Anything else you got there, Mike? That is my quick That's news. all the quick news. Yeah. See, I thought it was two awards and then something, oh, but no, two no. awards. Okay, all right. So, all right. Um, oh, Ralph, do you have any quick news? Yes. The Wow. You saw an enthusiastic set. This is a different show. Yeah. <laughs> so, today, or not today, yesterday. Which uh, is different than today, yes. September 14th. 15th. Today's today the 15th. 15th. Okay. <laughs> Me and math. Shut up. September 14th. Uh, the trailer for Aquaman 2 was released. Oh, the actual trailer? Yes. Not the crappy one-minute thing that we got? You know no. Mike's not watching that. He only watches one trailer for an entire series. He'll be like, I'll watch one trailer. That's it. Well, that, that little thing wasn't even a trailer. I'll watch this one. And oh, that, you will? I uh, mean, yeah, eventually I will. I will. Oh, we well, it has to be in the next week or two because well, it's getting too close. After the, after the podcast, we'll put it's it It's going to be released in December. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's getting too close pretty soon. Yes. Um, it also scares me that they've waited this long. This I, I, I'm not expecting much from this movie. I, and I don't think um, DC either. has to care. I mean, they're like, we're going to end all these franchises anyway, so fuck you all. You know? Watching the trailer, I did think it was interesting that uh, you don't see uh, the wife. Uh, Hera. No, it was, no, no. Is that interesting? Mira? Amber Heard? Mira. Mira. Amber Heard? Yeah, no, I know why. I know why. Oh, but, but <laughs> is, it gla- is it glaring for you? Like, it's like... It's like, he, so, because they show that he's he's a, a father now. Why? It's not like Aquaman's Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if she pooed in his bed, well, would uh, Aquaman's bed, wouldn't it, like, float away? It would just float away. He wouldn't even notice. <laughs> but, like, the, the key, one of the key um, things that they point out in the trailer is that Aquaman is now a father. You see the baby. But you don't see the mother anywhere. So I'm like, so is she in the movie? Is she well, not? Well, it's the other, the, the, it's the trailer that come out afterwards. It'll be like, Aquaman's now a father and a convicted wife murderer. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. So I saw the trailer today and I'm like, huh. But you do see a lot of uh, Nicole Kidman in it. And I'm like, please not CGI. Please, not that horrible CGI. I mean, they did something. Well, that was only that, when that, they, that, she was the young Nicole Kidman. That was just horrible. That's called that's called um, surgery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you get rid of the CGI, you still got to deal with the surgery. But, which... I do, but I do wonder, though, like uh, with them inter- introducing the son, if they're going to kill him off. Because he's, he's a baby. He, no, but I mean, the baby is killed off in the comics. Black oh. Manta killed his son. That's oh, right. Oh, yeah. shit. I mean, yeah, it's kind of one of those things that they don't Spoilers. really bring up anymore. And I don't even know if with all the iterations of the different... Infinite crises, da 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 da. Oh, that even know. handles, but that was right. a big thing. Yeah, they show that Black Manta has the Black Trident, right? And that's like he's more powerful now, and he's going up against the Golden Trident because you know black goes up against gold, and then so basically it's just every Pittsburgh sports <laughs> team is just why battling you, this out. Why did you beat <laughs> me to that punch? Shout out to, <laughs> out to Lady J. I hope you like that joke. Yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. <laughs> oh, so wild. So. I keep forgetting that, that the Aquaman's coming out and that I'm supposed to care. Everybody does. Everybody yeah. Does. Nobody cares at this point. I'm sure Jason Moe is like, I, sure, I was in it. He's, he's <laughs> like, wait, what? I did an Aquaman movie? No, but Jason Moe was so cool. He's like, sweet, dude, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I'll get it done. I'll do another one. How much you paying me? <laughs> Righteous. <laughs> And that's my one impersonation. All right, Mike, can you please give us that hint? Oh, I'm sorry, that clue of your horribly described movie. Uh, oh, wait, before you start that. So if you just take the first letter of each one of those words, it spells um, Hafatwapalut. Of what words? Um, horror films and thrillers where black people live until the end. No, it's just till the end. There's no you. 
Oh, okay. So now you're, you're going to redo that. <laughs> All righty. So anyhow, are we ready? Last time for the clue for the horror films and thrillers where black people live to the end. Lieutenant William Somerset was just one week away from retirement when he and his new partner had to solve a streak of sinfully grisly murders. Okay. All righty. So okay. Who's going to take oh, Hold on. Can, uh, can, uh, can uh, I get uh, points uh, if I describe what the movie... No, 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 is. no. You give me I'll give you the, the actor name and, of the actor. You give and the actor and I'll give, you, I'll give the movie. How about that? We'll do I, I tag don't team. remember the name. Ralph, Ralph. <laughs> will you listen to me? Give the actor. I'll get the movie. We'll get half credit each. I can't remember the name of the actor either. So I, you okay, can't so, come up with either part of the Okay, answer, I, but I, I can I, describe the movie. No, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> and... <laughs> and um, Mr. Cap for the Steel is going to be Morgan Freeman in the movie Seven. Thank you very much. See, see, wow, when the cap is ha- cocky and gets an answer, man. <laughs> for some reason, in my head, I was picturing Samuel Jackson. I don't know why. Because you're racist? Yes, 100%. <laughs> but you know what it was? Because I was uh, was conflicting him with his role. Conflicting him or confusing him? Confusing him with his role in Pulp Fiction. Ah, which is nothing like this movie. I know. But did you know the name of the movie? He was wearing But no, you didn't know the name of the movie. I couldn't remember. Oh. But I know the plot. Oh, okay. I know the plot because it revolves around the seven deadly sins. Which is right there, the name of the movie. With a murderer <laughs> committed crimes yes. of the murders in the way of each sin. Correct. And then at the very end, he has the... For all those of people that have not seen it, let's not spoil that end. Kills himself. How many years ago it is? Is it really spoiling it now? Cementing the... His like triumph against the cops because well, who was the young cop? Uh, was it Brad Pitt? Was it Brad was Pitt? It, Are you serious? Was it, was it Brad Pitt? Was it Brad Pitt? Is that the way was you answer Brad a Jeopardy Pitt? question? Yes. No, Dude. it isn't. <laughs> all I gotta it say is, is who is Brad Pitt? All I gotta say was is was it Brad Pitt? Yes, you, of course. You were better off forgetting the guy who was the main villain <laughs> because he's because he's been canceled. Oh, I know that guy. <laughs> who is it? Um, he was in House of Cards. What's his name? That could have been the Joker. Hold on. He did that thing yes. where he touched that guy. Mm-hmm. That could be Brian Singer. And the guy didn't like it. That still could be Brian Singer. Shout Allegedly. Out. I think it starts with an S, right? Uh, Singer does start with an S. No. <laughs> God damn it. Hey. Evan Spacey. I knew it started with an S. So does so it's Brian what Singer. Is, what, is, <laughs> what is wrong with Ralph today? Just really good impersonations, but forgets Brad Pitt and, and, and Kevin Spacey and Morgan Freeman. The, the writer's strike and the actor's strike hasn't been that long. It's been like two months and he's forgotten everybody in Hollywood. Listen, I've been awake for since 4 a.m. Right. And it's 9.39 right now. Do you have yeah, kids? Like, well, like his favorite actress now, Maroon Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Maroon Jensen? Scarlett Johansson. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Love her. Love her. Now we understand. All righty. We've been t- BSing long enough. Let's move it along. Yeah, here. absolutely. Let's go, let's go for it. Hold on. Hold on a second. Yeah. Um, so right now, let's go actually to what, like Mike said, what we're talking about, which is the Disney Plus Star Wars um, series, Mandalorian Season 3. And with the synopsis is the guy who pretty much loves Mandalorian. He's even wearing a Mandalorian shirt now. Mike, also known as MFG, take it away. And Ralph turns around to look at the shirt. Yeah, it's not Mandalorian. So, you know, it's either that was sarcasm or he just really can't see anything. We don't know which. 
But he's, we'll find out. He's not wearing his prescription uh, binoculars. <laughs> his prescription CNI dog? <laughs> <laughs> All righty. The, Mal- the Mandalorian Season 3 is a live-action TV series of the Star Wars franchise. It was created and written by Jon Favreau with a host of various episode- excuse me, episodic directors, including Rick uh, Famuyiwa, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Carl Weathers. The Mandalorian is best described as a space western, which takes place seven years after Episode 6, Return of the Jedi, and roughly 23 years before Episode 7, The Force Awakens. The Mandalorian Season 3 continues the adventures of a bounty hunter-turned-father figure who is tasked with returning his displaced people to their home world. The Mandalorian Season 3 has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 85% with an audience of 51%, which is down from 86% for Season 2, and an IMDb weighted average of 78 out of 100. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, fans be hating. Alrighty, little synopsis time. Hot on the heels of revelations from the Book of Boba Fett, which I did not watch. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Din Djarin and his 53-year-old foster child swoop in to save the lives of Mandalorian clan, a.k.a. the children of the Watch, as they are under attack by a humongous sea creature. Even after saving their lives, though, Mando is ostracized for having previously taken off his helmet, so he decides to travel to Mandalore, which is supposedly uninhabitable due to radiation fallout, to bathe in the living waters in the mines. During his mission, we see a failed attempt to reanimate the heroic IG-11 robot. We find Bo-Katan living in a desolate castle that even Grubhub wouldn't deliver to, and we get a (laughs) glimpse of of Mandalore's mythical creature, regrettably named... Mythosaur, which I can only imagine guards a stash of unobtainium off the shores of Lazy Riding Lagoon. I don't know. <laughs> uh, following his baptism, Din spends the next six episodes as the damsel in distress, waiting for Bo-Katan to rescue him from everything and everyone, including on a planet run by Nacho Libre, Doc Brown, and Lizzo, fresh from sh- fat shaming her entire backup dancers. Wow. And did I mention there was a pirate episode? Yeah, that, that happened too. Uh, but the action comes out, guns ablazing in the final confrontation against the Vault International CEO, Moff Gideon. All right, <laughs> this thing is starring Pedro Pascal's voice as the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, because he is not to be seen at all this year. Uh, Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan Kreese, Carl Weathers as Grief Karga, Emily Swallow as the Armor, and Giancarlo Esposito as Moff Gideon. He didn't go all the way down, but oh, I mean, I was not going to that, that list. <laughs> but after that Lizzo intro, he gets a pass. Because <laughs> I was like, he said it in one breath. That was great. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about it. Mandalorian season three. But before I even go there, let's press that spoiler button that Ralph color coded and we also paid so much money for. Warning, the following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, piss off, you wanker. Yeah, man, and that spoiler warning was brought to you by Steve Francis of the Grouchy Stush Productions. Is this the stush? This is the stush. <laughs> is this the sush? That just sounded dirty. I'm just saying. <laughs> Shout out to those, to those who are listening in the car drinking your coffee. Put your coffee down, please. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. Mandalorian Season 3. And Mike mentioned a lot of the, the stuff in, in the synopsis, but let's break it down piece by piece. So, um, obviously, you know, we're picking up from the end of um, Book of Boba Fett, where we see that um, not only that um, 
that Grogu chooses to be with Din Jordan instead of, you know... Din Djarin. Din Djarin. Oh, is it Din Djarin? You said Din Jordan. No, I said Din Jordan. Or either way. Wait, is he the I, Mandalorian that Michael Jordan plays? <laughs> <laughs> that deserved that. <laughs> that deserved that. <clears throat> Din Djarin, excuse me. Say so, it right. I, 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 I respect I, on his name. Okay, this episode's going to go two hours if you keep correcting me. <laughs> if I correct you, it's going to be three hours. I mean, if you correct me, that'll be a, a, a cold day in hell. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even go with the joke I was going to go with now. So, um, so yeah, so basically we pick up from Book of Boba Fett where we see, or what we call um, Mandalorian 2.5. <laughs> I've heard, I won't watch it. You haven't? Wait, really? It does not interest Boba Fett does not interest me enough to watch the Mandalorian part. It really doesn't. Like Lady J says, or she stole from me, sand, sand, and more sand. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> but like then, the, the, Boba Fett could just be Dune 3 for all I know, you know. It, it, Pretty much is like Dune 3 if the worm was dead and the characters crawled out of their mouths. <laughs> but that's what happened with Boba Fett. Pretty much. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, we basically saw that the, that the Mandalorian has been uh, basically kicked out of his group because he took off his helmet, like Mike said. Rightfully so. Right. Um, so now, How dare he? So now it, it, it's this whole redemption arc for, for, for Mando. It's this whole, how can I get back to join the, you know, the Mandalorians? And um, try to, you know, also save Mandalore. Let me ask you this question. In the beginning, with the whole, because they do the whole younglings, and I thought it was interesting. They, they began the episode talking about, you know, they're, they're wielding the helmet and putting it on. Was that interesting, or did you find that something that was, you know, fluff? Well, I mean, I thought it was funny because, I mean, I think the audience was led to believe that that was Mando, that was uh, Din Djarin. This, this was a past memory as opposed to a current. And I thought that was cute the way it was like, oh, wait, wait hold on. <laughs> this is actually current. Um, I mean, it was fine. I mean, it, it's, it's not much I needed to know. Luckily, they didn't spend years on that scene, you know. Um, you know, it's just enough. I mean, all I had was all these questions was like, you did a lot of work building that helmet. That head's going to grow. So I guess you're going to build another one. <laughs> um, that's all I kept thinking. But just to, to bring up, like, it's interesting that you, you said, like, you know, it's, it's his arc is, that's what this season is his arc about making redemption, but it's not. He redeemed himself by the end of the second um, episode. Oh, 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 no, I didn't say the season <laughs> yeah, was, but we begin right, the yeah. season with that. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. Which it, I just it was thought, like grand opening, grand closing. How yeah, how, how, yeah, it was really fast. You know, I thought it was the whiz again. But, uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, it was fine. It was a fine opening, I thought. Okay, Ravi? I quite enjoyed that opening. Of course you enjoyed it. You enjoy everything. Seeing as how I myself such a astute viewer, I noticed right away that it wasn't a flashback for that child. Wow. I should never have told him he did one good accent. Because now he's like... It's like carte blanche. He's like, I can do it all. I can do whatever I want when I want. I shall do it all. Please I, don't. God I just assumed you. he was having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if hence, I am not. Hence why I did not offer to help him in any oh, kind of way. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there's there a couple of interesting things that, that, that had happened. I mean, especially. Here's my thing. And I, I don't know about how you guys felt. Din Djarin makes the point to the armor of, hey, yo. Um, and he said exactly that. <laughs> He said exactly, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, <laughs> and she was like, "What?" <laughs> so he he basically says, "You know, Mandalore, you know, could probably be, you know, we could probably go back there and and, and I'll bathe in the in the in the waters and all that stuff." And they're like, "Yeah, but isn't it radioactive?" Nobody went back to check. Yes, no, I, that that's one of my many points. I'm like, so because they're in the Mandalorian. Um, like area the, the area of mandalore they're in that area they're not like galaxies and galaxies away they're in the area and i'm like so 
at no point you've just decided well, you should probably check because I mean they worship their home world you know it's, it's it means so much to them it's so much of their culture and I'm like you've never even bothered to double check you just assumed it's right been, it's been radioactive all this time what you're welcome nobody's ever welcome <laughs> not, not this segment so and he pushes his glasses up because nobody can see this if you guys had listened closely they the scans of the planet showed dangerous storms in the upper atmosphere which prevented scans of the uh, interior of the planet um from being done so they weren't able to determine whether the planet was habitable. You mean so like they just fly in like they did all throughout every episode and they could have just taken one extra read of their planet. Why fly in when dangerous storms can tear your ship apart? They're not afraid people. They're like, you know, like they're like the Spartans of the universe. <laughs> yeah, they're like warriors and, yeah. and, and shit. Well, listen, I don't write it. That's just the answer. Hey, you didn't explain shit. This has been... <laughs> Ralph explains it all. You're welcome. Oh, not not going to lie. He dropped the ball on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a good No, one. but that was one of those things. I'm just like, so they just never bought... Because, I mean, it's like, right? You get right below the atmosphere. Oh, it's fine. Really? <laughs> it's raining outside. How do you know? It is. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I really got to go outside, but it's raining outside. Oh, okay. You can yeah. check outside? No, 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 because Mike told me. Right, exactly. <laughs> that, that's what yeah. it felt like. Yeah, it, I, it I felt like it was a little convenient in that regard. I mean, yeah. I, I, I did like some of the buildup. I liked the fact that, you know, the Mandalore was disjointed and they weren't together and they're trying to find a way to get back together. But the reasoning and like, oh, yeah, well, it's supposed to be radioactive. So, you know, we, nobody. So you mean to tell me there's no redheaded stepchild Mandalorian there? Hey, you stupid, come here. No, <laughs> they do love all of their children. I do like that about their clan. They they, they do worship their kids. You don't even like children. Well, you also. Uh, I would if I was part of that clan. <laughs> Until they started disappearing, they'd be like, they always disappear after <laughs> Din Mike watches the kids. <laughs> you have to remember also that um, Din's clan, the Children of the Watch, are only one sect of Mandalorians. Right. There are other different Mandalorians. Actually, fun fact, um, the, the Children of the Watch actually derived from uh, the, the Death Watch, which was a clan of Mandalorians that was well, I guess that followed um, Darth Maul, which explains why if you look at the armor's helmet, it has some horns. Mm -hmm. She was the theory was that she um, either was part of Death Watch and followed Maul, or she still worships Maul. You're talking about the armor, the armor. Oh, she. I, she, she I, I mean, I don't. Yeah. Her, I mean, I know it's just theory, but I don't feel that. I mean, her I just, helmet has sparked uh, spikes on it, like right. Darth Maul's head. Because oh. um, at one point, so this this goes back into um, Clone Wars, uh, the series, the Clone Wars, um, where Darth Maul has taken over Mandalore with the dark saber. Oh, interesting. And um, Ahsoka Tano actually leads Bo Katan. Huh? No, no, Ahsoka. Oh, Ahsoka. Okay. Tano, yeah. Ahsoka oh, okay. Tano. Leads with Bo Katan leads a legion of of uh, clones like Rex and uh, a few other ones into um, dethrone Darth Maul. Okay, yeah. The, the, I mean, there's a lot of. T it's funny because this is where it begins some of the tie-ins to all the other Star Wars stuff. Shout out to um, Jazz and to JP and to um, Lady J's son who know much more about this stuff than I do. <laughs> who will say if you watch the Clone Wars, you'd know more. I mean, yeah, if, if no you're not wrong. They're not wrong. Oh no, they're, oh, they're not wrong. I mean, at some point we're gonna do Ahsoka and 
a lot of that stuff is very deep in Rebels lore yes. and clones lore. Yes. It's still attainable, but we won't even get into that. All right, so let's talk about some of the other things that that, that, that happened. So now also we, we we go back to Navarro, which I didn't think we'd go back to. To for that ridiculous <laughs> journey to for eight of IG eleven. I'm like, this side story was so unimportant. How unimportant was it? <sighs> There's not even a joke for that. <laughs> <laughs> How else would you have that robotic baby carrier for Grogu if you don't have that sub storyline in, in built into it? They could have just picked one up anywhere. It was just—it was one of those storylines. I'm like, real, because again, it didn't become important. It, 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 at no point did that storyline ever become important, except for the end for us to see I was about to say, IG12. Was, and you're like, okay. well, it, it became important for, for Grogu to be able to become something viable in the in one of the conflicts right. to and, save his father and to go no. Right. No, but that's no. The only which every thing, kid loves. Right. But, right, but but that was the only thing it was good for because otherwise it's like you kind of move worse in that suit of armor. You know, <laughs> stronger though. Yeah, but only until somebody just like you know trips him with a slight foot out. You know, <laughs> then he just force pushes them away. <laughs> which, by the way, what happened to his force powers? He was throwing around animals left and right. Now it's just like. I'm just going to struggle to get that lightsaber from over there. You're like, what the hell are you doing now? Like, Wait, he wasn't hanging out with Luke that long. <laughs> no, but it wasn't even that. I'm saying he beforehand was, remember he stopped that giant ass thing in episode one of the first series, whatever that monster thing would be. He's barely able to like push people away now. And I'm like, well, how did you get weaker? <laughs> you know, I mean, especially with some training, <laughs> how, how did that get worse for you? So I was, I, so now it, it began like, what, the reason I bring that up is not just to be picky. It's just that, like, now it's like his power had become more of a, uh, again, a do sex machina. It's like, oh, it's only conveniently now happening as we want it to happen, as opposed to saying, wouldn't he have just used the force then? Hey, <laughs> yeah. Listen, you got all the force you wanted at the very end where he's blocking all that fire. So. Right. Doing all the things he could have done to help out episodes ago. Because he was building up that energy until then. I... <laughs> See if Ralph would have explained it all with that, I would have taken that better than the other explanation we got. No, no, he's, <laughs> he's, he's he's a little bit, you know, uh, he's tuckered out, yeah, because he's using the force, yeah, exactly, horribly, yeah. Okay. He took a lot. <laughs> he's Russian. Right. Look at the little guy. <laughs> so all right, so back so back back to the story. So we we we, we go to um we go to um Grief Cargo's planet, and then we have the whole pirate story. Jesus, <laughs> what you didn't like the pirate story? I I didn't need the pirate story. <laughs> <laughs> It was, again, it was nothing specifically wrong with it, but it just was like, eh. I mean, if this was like some 15-episode series, sure, throw in the pirate episode. For this, I'm like, well, again, because what it served was, okay, if it had served to you guys, you Mandalorians, great job, we need protection, you need a home, which was the entire premise of it, you're welcome. Sure, and then they stayed. Fantastic reason. And in season four, they go, I wonder if our planet is habitable. Fine. But no, no, no. They do. They get land. They're allowed to stay. Everybody welcomes them. They're happy to be there. And then they leave literally the next episode. <laughs> and I'm like, come on. <laughs> to their point, they're not good at saying how much time has passed. It wasn't weeks or years. I mean, I mean, it, I mean, it, it wasn't been, very it long. Weeks, but it, I mean, like, it could have been at least. A few I was saying, Ralph, but it wasn't that long. I, no, it, I don't think it was. I mean, because and, the thing and, is, we're watching Mando, and he's just like kind of zipping around, and I'm like, it's not. It doesn't feel like it's that long, you know. 
Well, that's the thing. They don't do a good job of explaining the time. Right. But I mean, but I, but again, as the viewer, I can't be held responsible because your whole job is to explain what I'm watching, not for me to go, that doesn't make any sense. So let me create some other fiction to explain your See, lack of coherent storytelling. You know? This is why I told you, you should have taken all those astrophysics courses so you could understand that space travel takes time. No, it doesn't. They have wormholes. No, even even through warp, even through uh, hyperspace, it still takes time. But not that type of time. Yeah, all, all right, all right. But we know it doesn't because they show up. Oh, someone was in danger and they need a fighter. All right, let's <laughs> let's circle let's circle it back. Let's circle it back. Right. So 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 we have the pirate story. Then we of course have one of the main characters coming back, which is Bo-Katan. Um, a crowd favorite. A lot of people like her. Um, and it feels like throughout the whole series, they're trying to. Not forcibly, but they try to write this thing where her and Din kind of have a will they, won't they thing. Do you think it worked? Did you feel the same way? I didn't feel it at all. Like, literally, not at all. I mean, he he made no expression of anything more than just, oh, thanks for helping me. But, like, I didn't feel anything else. That's just people that want to wish their, you know, their porn fantasies onto this <laughs> There, there's a website for that, not porn, but there's a website, there's for, a website for that too. For fan fiction, there we go. That was what I was looking for. Uh, it felt more like Din was like, so I have this dark saber. I don't want this. She wants the dark saber, but she won't take it unless she kills me. Nope, it just says in battle. Listen, listen, listen. She won't take it unless she kills me or defeats me. So let me just find this convoluted way. To make it seem like she defeated me, and then I can give her the dark saber and still be alive. But in all honesty, and not have to it, fight her. But in all honesty, it wasn't convoluted. The moment the, the saber fell out of his containment yeah. unit, unit and it's on the floor. No, I, I mean technicality. It's not a technicality. It's on the floor. It is now in possession of literally no one. So like the, I mean, it wasn't even a flashback to remember this. The moment it happened in that episode, and she picked up and said, "Oh, it's hers now." Like I mean, it, it wasn't it, even a thought because it's like. It's no longer in possession. It's not like he willingly put it on the dust table and she came in and stole it. It's like he's captured. It's it's it like because if the, let's put it this way, if the if that android or whatever you call it thing had taken it and put it somewhere else, what would be the difference if she picked it up then? Because it's no longer the possession of the Mandalorian at all at this point, and it's it, just it, open. You know, it just seems a little too convenient. Um, I, I mean, it, and especially because it took so long because it happened then, you know, like she saved them with the dark saber. She, she cut the droid with the saber. They go back and nobody respecting her a couple, I think the next episode and then nobody's respecting. He goes, well, you know, technically, you know, da, da, da. I'm like, now you freaking saying that you could have told her that when you were flying well, back, well, you know, technically you saved my ass. Well, yeah, so, I mean, you know. well, that, well, that was the only, that was the only problem I had is I don't know why. Because I mean, remember, you know, after she saved him, she gave him, she handed the saber back to him. Mm-hmm. They didn't make a big deal out of it. She just passed it over. And he and I said, then I'm like, well, why didn't he just tell her then? No, I mean, you right. you rightfully earned it. I, I was not in possession. I, it wasn't like I said, it wasn't like I put it on the dresser. I was captured. And it's now not in my possession. This is a an unwilling removal from me. So therefore, it is now open game. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Well, we just saw public domain. It's public domain. <laughs> it really is. It's public domain at that point, you know. So you heard it here, folks. If you just tie up MFG, you can take up all his possessions. Well, only if they fall out of what I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> he's also not a Mandalore, so you know he's not a Mandalorian. So you know what makes you think I'm not a Mandalorian? There's the ones that don't wear. I masks. see your face all the fucking time. Bo-Katan oh. doesn't have to wear a mask. Yeah, but yeah, I, don't, I, can't, I don't see her, part her of that clan. Only, I don't see part in that clan. Only the children of the Watch. Exactly. 
are the ones who like right now they literally are the minority we found we have three groups and two of them don't wear their their helmets so they're now in the major- minority so you're telling me a mandalorian I'm not saying that I am. I'm not saying I'm not. <laughs> He's just saying that you haven't seen him and a Mandalorian in the same room. Or Batman. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. no. Let, let's say the one. Let's say the one universe at a time, please. <laughs> All right. So, because um, there's a, there's a couple of things that go on because there was that that that, that had happened. Um, there was the interesting thing about you know I mean we knew Moff Gideon was coming back. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry. Oh, well, he had to. We have no resolution. Yeah, because I thought maybe they would give another big battle. Oh, no, Moff's back. Also, did you notice uh, the horns on top of Moff Gideon's helmet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at you tying it in. He's a follower of Maul. Or he just likes horns on helmets because it just looks cool because really that's really kind of just looks cool. No, nah, he's a follower of Maul. It could be, but until they tell us, that's all assumption. He loves the Maul. <laughs> he loves the Maul. What is he? What is he from Long Island? He <laughs> Hangs out there with all his girlfriends. Right. Oh, uh, I, I mean, at the food court. I mean, come on, Esposito with that voice. Come on. What did you think about all the all the uh, Mandalorians that were together? I mean, you got there was a couple that they've highlighted, and I don't watch the other Star Wars st- Star Wars stuff, so I'm not asking you like Paz Vizsla. The, I liked him a lot. I like him a lot, except it, it's funny how the, it's the whole irony of. Your name in Spanish means peace, and you wield a fucking machine gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You're the biggest dude out there, and you wield a machine gun, but your name is peace. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's just one of those where you're like, ah, whatever. How, how do we feel about seeing multiple different types of Mandalore that we actually gave names to and actually got to know? Besides Bo, obviously. I don't particularly care one way or the other. I, it's not adding more to me because now it just feels like they're kind of grasping at straws especially the more groups and then they're like there's even more groups out there that and you're like well how different are they going to be is there going to be a group that only wears a half mask like the phantom of the opera <laughs> like, like 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 you know i mean what what's left you know um what's their their multiple mandalorian clans right that's why it's, I mean, but, yeah. whole planets worth right but i'm just saying so like you know uh i mean i i like the fact that i will in one say i will say i like the fact that at least they're they're saying that like not just because you're on one world you're not all the same because that's what sci-fi tends to do like oh you're on this world you're all like this i'm like we're on earth we're not all the same i mean you know we're, we're not no um no that's why you're also much less have you been to brooklyn have you been to staten island <laughs> I just, have you been to jersey honestly i just thought everybody was variants of me huh yeah, could be but uh you know that so, explain the driving yeah. <laughs> yeah so that so i do like that part but at the same time like i said it just feels it's starting to feel more gimmicky now especially once you get like the the Mandalorians that are they're they're pirate adjacent and I'm like <sighs> you know the um, ones that survived the siege of Mandalore yeah. stayed there and they're just roaming the world like if it's Mad Max right but at the same time they've also had time to like create a garden. create a garden yeah. and, and and you know and I'm like all right I mean just whatever so you know I, it's it also made me feel too that it was almost like the excuse of well we really except for like marketing for toys we really can't put grogu in a mask because that just defeats his adorableness so we now we now have a reason why he doesn't have a mask on because you know he's he can be a mandalorian but just a mandalorian that doesn't wear a mask Woo! see we get both or 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 they make a Mandalorian helmet that fits perfectly over his head. No, I'm, just well, like his face. Uh, they wouldn't do that. <laughs> I mean, uh, except for there, there'll probably be a group of Mandalorians that make masks that look like faces. 
<laughs> oh my god! Because again, that wouldn't surprise me, and and that's and if anything anything more happens like that, it's just going to feel more and more gimmicky. Didn't know? they do that and, Walking Dead? No, no, they didn't. Yeah. And they're all your face, just with angry expressions. That would be hard to make them any angrier than I am. If Ralph explains it all, comes on two or three times, that's the mad Mike face. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? Well, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. So that's that's my only thing with the the whole thing is. Uh, so I'm just feeling gimmicky because I also thought it was just funny when they're like. Well, you know, he can't, you know, he can't become a Mandalorian because he can't speak. He's too young to speak the the words and stuff like that. And all that kept making me think every time she brought the, the armor, brought that up. I'm like, yeah, I wonder if he ever is going to get the chance to you know speak. And then all I kept thinking is, you know, for a fact that when he speaks, he's going to sound like, hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. <laughs> and like, you just know that's what he's going to sound like. Daughter, come here, daughter. <laughs> He's going to sound like Michigan J. Frog, and I'm going to be kind of okay with that, oddly enough. <laughs> wow. So, uh, fun little tidbit. In the scene where um, uh, Bo-Katan, had, uh, Bo-Katan and Din and Grogu are on their way back after she had just rescued him, and they're on her ship, um, and they're going back to, to meet with the Children of the Watch, and um, he goes, this is the way, and she goes, this is the way. You hear... Grogu like mumble something that sounds like this is the way and you see them both look back at him he said let's move it bitch (laughs) (laughs) this is taking way too long let's go along so technically he did say this is the way he can't speak the whole he has to speak the entire he said refrain. It, he said it in his no. Language. He has to say the entire refrain. Oh my! He goodness. said it in his language. That would mean nothing. I could sit there and go. I think I think I had it and say like that's how I say it. How dare you, you know? say that about my mother? <laughs> because it's true. Wow. <laughs> Let's fast forward a little bit and go to the episode that I know. That Are we going to fast forward past the horrible episode with Jack Black? Oh no! I'm landing right oh, there. Jesus! I'm God. landing right there <laughs> because I feel like when the when this was brand new, a lot of people were buzzing about that episode for good and for bad. How did you guys feel about the Jack Black? and Lizzo episode because a lot of people felt I mean it it definitely lands on one side or the other there's no in between people like oh it's okay some people either said they really liked it or they really hated it how'd you guys feel so I'll take this one Mike so um, when I saw Christopher Lloyd I was like hell yes I love me some Christopher Lloyd dude is awesome glad to see he's still alive do more stuff please then I saw Jack Black and I'm like is that Jack Black Oh, shit, it is Jack Black. And then I saw Lizzo, and I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> wow. And then the next day, when uh, my friends are like, oh, did you see Lizzo on, on The Mandalorian? And I'm like, oh, that's who that was. Okay, yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> but Christopher Lloyd, though. Come on, man. My yeah. childhood. But I'm sorry, it's not a Christopher Lloyd show, and he had brief spies. It's not enough for me. That episode, again, remember I said before, what were we talking about with the pirate episode? If this was a 15-episode show, that pirate episode could have fit in. If this was a 22-episode show, you could have given me the Jack Black Planet. But it, it's just, it, it felt like, like I said, because usually that's what you get. You get the, oh, you know, it's 22-episode season. You know, the stars need a little time rest. It's like, there's eight episodes. No one needs a rest. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we have story to move forward through, and you're not moving this anywhere at this point with this episode, you know? You know what that... Um, so that episode felt like um, a version of uh, sort of like Blade Runner mixed with iRobot. Okay, I can see what you're saying. Because it's like futuristic, right. techno-punkish city. 
with rebelling robots, mm-hmm. you know, and then. Well, the thing is, there's nothing horrible about the episode, as in it was a technically bad episode. It just, it didn't need to exist. It, it offered nothing to the show. I disagree. You know? I would love to see a whole just season long of Jin pretending to be a detective, solving crimes in that city, protecting the people and maintaining the peace. Batman? I was about to say, like, like poor man <laughs> no, Batman. Well, uh, but he but he would only do it until like someone went, hey, we need you. Okay, I got to go. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, like I said, it's it's just one of those things. I just felt that the episode was pointless. And I'm like, okay, between that and the pirate, our eight episodes have gone down to six. Okay. <laughs> you know? Well, they needed to show how they got such a massive fleet. Let me throw... Let me throw... Figure it out. Better, again, better storytelling with more movement. Speaking yeah. of storytelling... Mm-hmm. There's a couple of episodes that kind of struck me as a little bit different, and I wonder how you guys feel about it. Which episode do you feel like was more important to the plot? The one with the doctor talking about, oh, Dr. Pershing? Is that what his name? Oh, you're talking about the uh, that whole, like, um, what do they call it? The Not the recruit, the... Oh, uh, the, the reform, the basically the... the yeah, but was it, was it, it's not oh. the novice, it's not the recruit, it's, what did they call it, the... I have to look it up. It, it's, yeah. it's just got a simple name. The uh, the New Republic thing. That Remnants or no? Uh, the Convert. Converts, yeah. yeah. So that episode or the episode with um, with the droids. With, with, with the droids and you had all, when, when they had to go and, and interrogate, you know, part of that episode with the, you know. Lizzo. Right. Jack Black. Yeah, that, that part with, with the droids. I found that kind of interesting. Well, that was, um, that's going back to Episode three. Yeah. Which, I mean, episode four. Is it episode three or four? Uh, it's episode three. The convert okay. is three. Um, I mean, it's it's just an, an add on to it. But I mean, I, the uh, convert add because you're getting more story. You're starting to hear is Moff Gideon. You know what's going on with Moff Gideon and stuff along that line. So that's what we're starting to hear. Uh, so that one, as much as it again was nobody in it <laughs> as far as our regular store people, it at least felt like it was advancing some part of the story. Like the fact that we we know that Moff is is still planning things. We know that um, the uh, the Empire is still trying to, to you know, work its evil magic underground and behind the scene. That's what that episode was for. And, and then also it was just, I thought it was, it was very much 1984 um, as far as like, you know, oh, wow. being tricked into, you know, going against the established government for supposedly good reasons and then turning against them and turning them in, you know. So also that episode plays into the rest of what they're trying to do with the Star Wars franchise, because in uh, in Ahsoka you see, um, I guess the results of what was happening in that episode. Correct. In in that series. Oh, okay. Um, and it and it's also so help. <clears throat> excuse me. It's also supposed to help tie into uh, the upcoming movie, the next uh, Star Wars movie that's going to be coming out. Oh, wait, this one coming out soon. Not soon, but the next one is <laughs> with the writer strike and the actor strike. No, but I just nothing meant, soon. <laughs> no, but I just meant like I'm like because I mean these things are going to be over, and I'm like, well, how long ago? I mean, how long are we supposed to be waiting to see what the empire has been up to? <laughs> you a know? long, long time ago. Well, I mean, galaxy. But, far, well, don't far away. but also don't forget though, these things are before the rise of Skywalker. So sure, we may learn what they've been up to, but we also know the end result of all of it because this isn't after. <laughs> you know, episode nine. This is before episode seven. So it's like, well, you're just kind of guiding us towards episode seven, really. You're <laughs> you supposed know. to, if, don't quote me on this, but the, from what I heard, there's going to be either a show or a series that, uh, uh, a show or a movie that's going to be talking about um, the rise of the First Order. 
okay. I, I, I'll probably care about as much about that, that as that I with, did about Bad Boys. Is that with Admiral, what's his face? Um, that's a no. Okay. Thrawn, you talk about? Th- that's, Thrawn, yeah. That's an Ahsoka. Uh, no, no, but I'm saying like, it, uh, because they haven't, I mean. Thrawn's going to make his debut in Ahsoka. But there's supposedly, it's either another series or a movie. I can't remember which that's going to have a, the talk about the rise of the first order. For those who are listening who don't know um, Star Wars, without giving too much away, Admiral Thrawn is a major villain. Grand Admiral Thrawn. I'm sorry, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Put some respect on his name. Whatever. Grand Am- Admiral Thrawn is one of the bigger villains in, in Star Wars lore, so, along with the Emperor and, and Darth Vader. So then where was he in 7, 8, and 9? He was, so he is in the... Legends universe, and when they did stuff, Rebels, is this still in canon? You're talking about the, Legends? It's so, stuff that no, wasn't Legends. in canon, but now they're bringing it back to canon. Okay, no, so Legends is no longer. I was about to say, canon. Legends is no longer, canon. You know, yeah, right? Like, okay, yeah, but, but now they're bringing but elements, elements from element from right. Legends has been put into canon. So, like, Rebels introduced Thrawn back into um, the canon universe of uh, Star Wars. Um, I, I don't know if you remember the, the book series that I told you about, um, Heir to the Empire, and it's called the Thrawn Trilogy. Okay. It's where you normally see him, and it, that takes place after episode six. And that whole series, it's beautifully written by Timothy Zahn, and it's an incredible story where you see the brilliance of Grand Admiral Thrawn. But is this in canon? No. Okay. So, so, so now, again... Where has Thrawn been? I, that, my only my only question. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold, hold on. Okay. If you watch Rebels, that's where they start taking things from there from Legends and taking they're, they're nitpicking. But, but you do understand my question. I, yes. I don't care where he came from. I'm saying you're saying he's this incredibly no, but, dangerous. Well, what I'm saying, I, is I'm that, just trying to ask, like, if he was this important, where he's where was he in seven, eight, nine? So, in at the end of Rebels, one of the main characters uses space whales to trap the ship and then hyperspace them far, far away. Okay. That's why he's been in another galaxy this whole far, time. Far un, 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 yes. Unreachable. Like, like so he's the, just been in another galaxy far, far away. So yeah. that's just... Trapped. Oh, okay. Trapped. So that's, that's, that's how they that's, explained it. Because it's such a, it's another galaxy. Far, far away. He says that, the that, ships... That the space whales from Marvel Comics... Yes, have been used they're and introduced called, into the Star Wars, the Purils. They're called Purgles. The Purgles, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the, the things that were from the Marvel comic. Yes. Yeah. So... Because the moment I saw that, I'm like, isn't that the thing that the brood travel from galaxy to galaxy from? Because they can not only fly in space, they mm-hmm. can go through space warps? Yes, sir. I'm like, oh, I see. We, we've gone from originality to, we'll just take other stuff. <laughs> but to put a, a bow on it... Please. Um, Thrawn isn't actually bad because they they describe him as someone he's just drawn that way yes they describe him as someone (laughs) who doesn't like he doesn't enjoy taking life he's not like you know like um uh the emperor who just like would blast someone for fun (laughs) exactly um he he is a tactician he does things that would Give him the best outcome. So he's just and a warlord. If, if it involves taking life, then he does it, but he doesn't relish in it. Okay. So he's he's not evil. You're saying he's a sympathetic villain, which which Marvel and, and Star Wars have been producing. <laughs> but I love recently. that he's not evil, but he'll kill to advance his own thing. Not his own thing. He's he does it for the betterment of his empire people. We we, we call that evil. Hitler did the exact same thing, and no one go well. I'm sorry. 
the majority of there people we go. don't go, <laughs> he wasn't evil. So the answer to your question of whether he's evil or not is yes, he's evil. <laughs> all right, let's. But he's let's, not fully. All evil. right, let's bring it back because we got to start putting a bow on this one. But basically, Moff Gideon um, with the secret is it the Shadow Council. There's they're sure. talking. Yeah, they, they, yeah, that's what they call. Sounds it, right. The Shadow Council. Yeah. So so basically, you know, they're they're, they're pulling together a plot because they they do mention Thrawn there. But we find out that oh wow, not only is um, Mandalore um, habitable, they've been using it as a base the entire time. <laughs> Which I'm like, wow! If somebody would have went to go check that out, that but it, but it was weird because Gideon, it it didn't make it sound like, it didn't feel as if it had been a base. It almost felt like he just made it a base once hearing that they were going back to it. No, and I, I, no, no, it's not saying. I'm just saying it felt like that when you were listening because I'm like, huh? So it's now a base. I'm like, it's been a base. So, <laughs> you so know? What I got from it was that the Empire or the remnants of the Empire were the ones spreading the rumors that Mandalore was inhabitable mm -hmm. so that they can maintain that base and not be... But you'd think that they have, you know, like minor technology to scan for life forms on the planet and notice that these Mandalorians are just wandering around that planet on this big ass boat that you can't miss by any means at all. Like... So you kind of think that they noticed that at this point, but I guess they hadn't no, bothered. <laughs> the boat blends in well with all the um, volcanic glass. That, yeah, that yeah. You know, we have sonar called. that actually works, and we're not even in a galaxy far, far away with modern technology like <laughs> you that. You have sonar? <laughs> I do. You're a bad? Radar, sonar, all of it. Oh, <laughs> echolocation? I can. Oh I can see you gosh. right now. Hey! Yep, there you are. <laughs> Is that how it works? That's but, exactly how it works. But this also, I mean, and we glossed over a couple of things, but there's a lot. I mean, there was, there was a lot to gloss over. But, that, you know, the idea of, you know, now that um, the armorer says, like Mike had mentioned earlier, that she is getting both sides of the of the Mandalorians together, like the mask and the non-mask. she's using Bo-Katan to do it. She's basically, right. she. it looks like she was... Because I'm assuming that the armorers are not the ones that are normally running things. I think she just kind of assumed leadership because she knows the ways. But because she's just like, hey, you're in charge. Right. <laughs> and so, there seemed to be no, you know, like no no vote for that. It's just like, yeah, you're in charge. <laughs> so from what I understand, um, because Beskar uh, Steel is sacred to them, the armorers are seen as sacred as well because they... They wield it and bend it and mold it. Right. I'm just saying that, That's but it doesn't why... seem like they run the thing. Like, like, like let's put it this way. Bo-Katan's family ran the stuff. So, you know, the armor wouldn't. I'm just, that's what I'm saying. Like, it seems like here, probably because of the scattering, she's probably the more knowledgeable, the more faithful. She's, you a, know, she's like the religious. She's the head of the club. Hub, right. She's the head of the you club. Know. But yeah, but but she gave that away hard. She was like, "Oh yeah, you, you got this. I'm, <laughs> I am going to watch my shows. Yeah. Watch my shows. <laughs> this is the way." <laughs> is that the name of the, the, the novella they watch? That's, that's the name of the novella too. This is the way. So this is the, the way. The armor tells Bo-Katan because she bathed in the waters herself while saving uh, Jin because he stupidly walked in with all his armor on. That's heavy well, shit. He, he couldn't have taken most of it off anyhow. So, <laughs> um. She was also redeemed right. in the eyes of the clan, um, but because she was before also t able to take off her helmet, she walks in both worlds and she's able to do that. Well, she did. I mean, the thing is, I, I gather, see, that's the part I find weird with the, the Bo-Katan stuff. It seemed like they tried to make us believe that like where she's from, that they wore their helmets. Again, this is, again, I, I'm not talking, I, I don't want to hear about lore. I'm talking about watching the show and what 
they're they're leading me to believe again maybe i missed some sentences here and there and not just in season three i'm talking about when we meet her in season two it feels like they did and then they just decided we don't anymore reason i'm bringing this up is then going now to season three when she's with all of the um the clan and she has her helmet on this is before she just you know she can now allow to be allowed to work walk both worlds she has her helmet on and she says the weirdest thing to me to Din Djarin, when they get food and she goes, how am I supposed to eat this without removing my helmet? And then he tells her how. And I'm like, wait a second. So you are, are you not all these same? I know there, there's different clans, but like it was made to believe that, that she was part of the same kind of idea. But I'm like, so you're so foreign to them that you don't even know how they eat, yeah. you know? And I thought that was weird. No, so the Children of the Watch are a very radical different sect of Mandalorians. They adhere to that strict no taking off the helmet stuff. Most other Mandalorians don't follow that. They take off their helmet no problem. They usually only wear it when they're going into battle or when they're like on duty or something. Not not to throw religion to it, but almost like Orthodox Jews versus your your, your standard Jews. One hundred percent. Exactly. Like like I know Orthodox Jews are very strict about certain things yeah. and, and about their traditions, and it's just a small sect. Yeah. In regards to the whole, that's right, why, right, which is interesting though, because like you know, because all this time that we've been led to believe that the majority of Mandalorians keep their helmet on, and this, and that she is from an odd sect, or not even from a sect, that she just because of the breakup, they decided her group decided to take their helmets off. So you know? if you remember in um, season two when he first comes across Bo-Katan, right, and then they take off their helmets. And he blames, he accuses them of not being Mandalorian because they do that. Mm -hmm. They explain to him, no, you're part of the Children of the Watch. They're a smaller sect, more radical, that actually broke off from the rest of Mandalore. Mm -hmm. They were actually, they were based off on a moon of Mandalore. And that was all after um, Death Watch was taken down, which was the, 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 the clan that was led by Darth Maul. Okay. So after they broke up, the survivors of Death Watch became the children of the Watch who were moved to one of the moons of Mandalore. Right. So, then, so basically now what, we're, what we now as, a, as watchers are to understand is that we're watching a very small sect of Mandalorians, which we've assumed were, man, were the majority of Mandalorians. Right. Correct. You know, which is odd, though, that they did it that way. It's just, it's just odd. It's an odd twist to realize the group that you've been watching for two years is not the majority, you know? Because also if you go back to, um, what would it be, episode two or episode three, where we see um, Boba Fett with, within the, the clone effect three, not the clone, uh, it was one one scene where he's... You're talking about the movies? Yes. Yeah, don't even talk about one, two, and three. I couldn't tell you a thing about them at this point. He's in his ship, but he doesn't have... His his uh, helmet on, and he's talking to his uh, clone son. Right, you know, and so he's like, "It's fine, he's, he's good, you know, no, no helmet, nothing." I I wouldn't have even noticed. <laughs> um. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> how do we feel about um the the climactic fight on Mandalore? And, and it was the, episode seven going into episode eight mm -hmm. because it was you know um the the crew of. You know, Paz Vizsla and, and all those guys invading Mandalore to try to... That was cool. I'm going to skip ahead to episode eight 
where you're not going to give Paz his props as he had that final battle against all those those red. You, you mean when he stood outside of the door where he could just slapped it closed, crawled, rolled underneath and been safe and sound? Yes. I do not understand why anybody always does that in these movies. And, but the and, battle was cool. And not I, I just, <laughs> yeah, it was fine. You know, it was just one of those. But it just took me out of the moment when I'm like, you could have just lived. You got a son. <laughs> I did feel it was kind of stupid the way they just threw away the dark saber like that. Like he's just like, oh, boom. This is what you wanted. This is your reason. <laughs> boom. Yeah, crumpled up like a freaking like like it was tin can or something. A, a like it was Robin's can. neck. Yeah. In Injustice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, but just like they just tossed it aside, and then it's like this whole thing. It was like a buildup, and then they just. Oh, what okay. do we call that in, uh, in writing? Chekhov's gun. No, no, Chekhov's gun is when you see it and you have to use it. It is a. They Mac- used it though. No, I saw it. No, that's no. It's a MacGuffin. It's what all of Indiana You're Jones. The MacGuffin device. It's, yeah. it's, 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 MacGuffins is what the entirety of Indiana Jones story is all based off of. You're you have this MacGuffin. one thing. That is literally not the important thing at all. <laughs> I got your MacGuffin right here. Yeah. Okay, so you, I'm sorry. So, I, yeah. I, oh, you mean that thing that's not important at all? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I, uh, you wanted to talk about episode eight. I just wanted to make sure we recognize Paz Vizlen as gangster ass fucking. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a cool last stand, but I'm like, you could have been alive. Yeah. <laughs> you you, you could have been alive, you know, just having shawarma with everybody else later on. <laughs> he got rocked. Like, well, what were you talking about? He said, I'm going to skip to episode eight. Yeah, the fact that they just tossed the dark saber like it was nothing. I mean, I thought that. I mean, again, the fight it was fine. I mean, it was cool. I mean, I shouldn't say it was fine. It was it was a good fight, but it just felt like a little too little too late. Um, again, and not that I hated the season. I, I just it's just one of these where I had lots of questions and wasn't getting very many answers or answers that were like, oh, if you only read and watched it, like, no, no, dude, I I'm the audience that's tuning in. And I'm watching every full season. I should have a pretty good idea of what's going on. I shouldn't. I shouldn't need to find some lonely nerd masturbating in the dark corner to tell me what's going on in, the, in Star Wars universe. But that's what people say about us. Yeah, but you know, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I do it right in front of them. I don't go in the corner. <laughs> yeah, Mike has no shame. <laughs> he does it in the light. <laughs> You're gonna see all five miles of this stuff. <laughs> five miles of skin. Anyway, <laughs> what are we gonna say, Ralph? <laughs> I guess you're not gonna say anything. <laughs> you're supposed to do your homework. No, oh you my watch gosh, the show. There is no homework to be done before watching a mindless all, TV series. All the homework. There's gonna be a pop quiz, a final exam, and a midterm after the final exam. So, do you feel like that's what? What that is that the problem, Mandalorian? That it lends too much to people knowing the previous stuff in order to enjoy it, or is it just plot hole after plot hole? Well, well, what I find funny is that as a as a casual Star Wars watcher. And a much more avid MCU watcher, everyone complains about the MCU, but I'm like, Star Wars does it far worse. It's all, well, I got to follow everything in the MCU. It's like, no, the MCU actually, you don't have to follow everything. You can, because some of the stuff, like a lot of the series we see are more self contained or they're, you know, no, the Star Wars is definitely like, you know, just hearing Ralph talk about it. It's like, you, oh, you've got to watch Rebels. Oh, you probably you have to watch this to know. And it's like, oh, dude, I mean, I get, I should be getting enhancement from watching things. I shouldn't need to watch these things in order to know what the hell's going on, because then you kind of fail as a storyteller, you know. Ravi? I agree to some of that. Oh, wow, okay. And I disagree with some of it. Those are the fighting words. <laughs> but in general, what I'm hearing is that Star Wars is good and everybody should watch it. Let's move on. I never heard that. <laughs> but uh, but um, so, like, so we had the big fight. 
uh, uh, Tinjarin's needing his ass saved again. Yeah. Uh, as always. I, I don't know what happened. Did he just lose the will to live this he was, entire season? <laughs> he was badass in season one. So he lost a little bit in season two. And then something in the Book of Boba Fett. Season three, he's just like, I'm just cramping up. I just want a box of chocolates. <laughs> you know. As the cap can attest to. When you have kids, they drain the energy from. Yep, I agree. But he didn't have kids. He's just watching this. He's he's doing no more than watching the same kid that he's been doing for the last three years. Yeah, but now he's actually doing it with intention. Before it was more like a mission. Now it's like he he has he cares for this kid, and it's one thing to be like he loves him. What was this? Is there something wrong with that? No, no, no. But but like before, it was like it was like a job or an objective. Take the the child and take him here or there. And then after a while, like oh my god. Like the kid. Mike, everybody knows real men don't have to say love. It's always implied. That's never implied. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's why I've never said I love you to anybody. It's always there. Uh, it's always there. Is that it? Yes. <laughs> so, so I mean, are we, because, we, I mean, we're talking about, you know, how, how this fight ended with Moff Gideon, which, is he dead? I th- mm. think he's dead enough. I mean, well, let's, again, <laughs> well, again, question, and again, I know... It may not make sense to people, but I'm like, look, we've seen the entire second destruction of the Empire. We've seen 789. If Moff Gideon didn't show up in those damn movies, he's dead. And if they bring him back, shame on them. Like, I mean, if once they do a more future thing, because this I, is like. I was saying, but it's, 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 there's 25 years between six and seven. Well, right? Doff, I mean, I'm Doff. Moff is not a young man. He's not like he's 18. It's like. Dude, don't don't you don't Palpatine me, you know, like don't oh, Palpatine. and I lived and you missed that. <laughs> Somehow Palpatine survived. So yeah. uh shout out to Screen Crush for that one. Thank you. That's exactly who I shout out. Shout out to Screen Crush, absolutely. Um so the clones, his clones are dead, so that's one way he probably won't survive. An entire No, no, there's gonna be that one hidden clone mm-hmm. yep. off planet <laughs> that was all that was 99.9999% perfection. You know? All the force in him. Yeah. Um, and then he had a, a freaking warship landed on him. Mm-hmm. But he is wearing Beskar armor, which is yeah, it's the got hardest its limits. Of, of the armors. <laughs> I don't know. It does have its limits. I don't know, man. Because he's also in fire, and they forge that out of fire. So I'm like, eh, it's got its limits there. And, and it, you know, and then that Deus Ex Machina could come out of nowhere. You know. Well, I do oh. think I think it's more likely that the clone comes out than this moth comes out. But it's just one of those things of it's like, if if that happens, I mean, we're, we're projecting on something that's not even you know happening. Right. If that happens, it's like then, you, it's what I, you need to look at your storytelling. If this is all you've got is bringing back your dead, you need to stop. <laughs> you know, you need to step because because all you're doing is appeasing a group that's currently there. Instead of giving them more, you're just going, well, they like this. Here we go. It's e- like, e- give, e- give something new. Even dead robots. I like that dead robot. <laughs> what, IG-12? Yeah. Uh, it's it's fine as long as I don't need another episode of him doing a shoot him up in a Western town in season <laughs> four. You know, like to me, it's again, his story is now done. He's, I mean, his story is actually done. He sacrificed his freaking life. You've cheapened his death already by attempting to bring him back. The fact that he's IG-12, yes, it's going to be a different robot, and they can always be like, oh, see, he's slightly different. And that's, it's like, just let him rest. <laughs> his job's over. It's like, it's like watching Jean Grey suffer since 
the 70s after the Phoenix death and just watching her entire character suffer because, well, fans love Jean Grey. Fans never love Jean Grey, ever. I guess that Funko <laughs> Pop of Jean Grey on the cover of the X-Men, I'm not giving the mic now. Clearly not. I'll take it. <laughs> You'll take it? Yeah. I have no idea what you're about. Apparently, he's just waiting for the IG-12 uh, whole five-season series that's going to be coming out of him just being the sheriff of uh, Navarro. Yeah, and with the voice of, of Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> Let me tell you something about being dead. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, IG-12, justified. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, I would watch oh, that. I'd watch that. <laughs> oh, I would. <laughs> Especially if Timothy Oliphant was doing the voice. Oh, <laughs> Timothy Oliphant's too busy in Book of Boba Fett. He ain't got time for that. Oh, that's right. He is in that. That's right. Yeah, that's why I thought about when you talk about when you talk about that robot. I'm like, well, he's already doing shit. So you know. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you: the ending of of this does it feel like it's the end of the Mandalorian? Because it ends with Mando getting his land. You know, his land on um, what's the name? Of his the twenty acres and a mule. Navarro <laughs> in Navarro. So he he gets his piece of land and he's got you know he's got his house and he's got you know Grogu playing with frogs in the lake. Is that the end? I never. I don't even know why people think it's the end. I, I don't feel like it's the end. It I mean, felt like it's, the, it's a place you could, and if you wish to, but no, I don't feel like it's the end because I mean, he's already like, the end would be, and I'm here, and you know, hearing grief going like you know, you can finally earn your rest, and and that being the statement, not the, well, you know, I I still want to take bounties and da 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 da. It's like oh, that just tells me now they're saying that well, yeah, you, you no longer have to worry about your clan. And that you're going to be training Grogu, and we're going to actually start seeing Grogu take action. That's what it's telling me. So, like, like it wouldn't surprise me if Mandalorian season four is. Yeah, I don't want to get too drastic, but let's say another two years in the like future, a t- like a time jump. Yeah, like maybe two or three. I mean, five max. I wouldn't go any further than that because again, you're getting closer and closer to season seven, and you don't want to start making up shit there because you're going to start ruining your franchise more. Like the Flash. <laughs> yeah. And then we see. Uh... 70-year-old teenage Grogu. Oh, God, Dad. <laughs> that is the question. Like, I mean, like, is, is the Mandalorian going to be dead before he's a troubled teen? <laughs> like, like exactly. Because I'm like at 50, because I mean, because what's his face? Um, Yoda. Yoda was like 900 and something years old, right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, okay, they're still acting like Grogu is literally a baby. baby. Like, he's like two maximum. Not even two, because he's not that, tra- I say one and a half, because he, you know, he, can't talk and it's not just a language thing I mean, he can't seem to talk he doesn't seem to understand like hey don't do these things you know what i mean so i'm like right. so you're like between one and two but at 50 you're what one what is that don't make me do the math um you're the math don't guy. make I'm me like, do the like math would, uh, would you want the captain to do oh the math? lord help us all <laughs> um he's like what 118th you know it's just it's one of these things it's like so like how do how are they as they're making up as they go along how is he aging like at 100 what is he <laughs> you know, because right. that's only twice a week. So, I mean, if that's the case, 100, she's only be four. Right. <laughs> you know. All right. So, anything we want to add, subtract, or say lastly before we go to renaming and ratings? Uh, nope. Nothing. <laughs> you got nothing? Nothing. All right. Renaming the series. Ralph, go first. Uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, Mandalorian, season three. Ooh. Wow. You borrowed the fuck out of that. <laughs> and I'm not going to return it to the library. It's not public domain. Yes. <laughs> Mandalorian season three. Pshum, pshum, little baby. The end. <laughs> That's what people cared about. They, they wanted action and they wanted um, and, and they wanted Grogu, but I felt like, like everything else, if you're like, oh yeah, they kind of glazed over it. Mike? Like your eyes when you were watching it? Pretty much. <laughs> I am titling it exactly 
what this was, which is Bo-Katan season one, a.k.a. sisters are doing it for themselves. Because <laughs> okay. that's real. I mean, this was literally her entire season, which they they whispered like they want to do a spinoff show, which is completely obvious that you want to do one. But I guess with everything happening, um, they they were interviewing Katie Sackhoff a few months ago now, since it's ended a couple of months ago. And she was like, well, right now there's nothing on the table. And she, and of course, you know, actors say what they say, but she was like, oh no, I, she goes, as much as of course as an actress, I would love to say, yes, I want my own series. She goes, she goes but I actually feel that Bo-Katan actually belongs in the Mandalorian world directly, not just as a spinoff. She goes, I actually kind of like the character in the series as opposed to having her own. But of course you always say that and then you get your own series. And then like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Joni and Chachi. Here's the thing though. I feel that if they start doing a uh, Bo-Katan series, it's going to be end up a lot like Game of Thrones kind of type. Possibly. But it backstabbing, is, betrayals. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, it, trying it, to maintain it, well, power. Right. Well, there would be, pro- I mean, depending, it would probably be about her trying to gather all of the different clans of the Mandalorians and make them work together. Um, yeah, and, and whether that would be interesting, I don't know, and it doesn't sound interesting. But as far as the Bo-Katan that we got, as far as seeing her adventure, I'm, I loved her character. I, I thought she, luckily, she stole all the scenes or they gave her all the scenes, but I liked it. Like, no, there wasn't one of those characters where they gave her all the scenes and you're like, uh, where's the main character? I'm like, all right, if you're not gonna if you're gonna do the Mandalorian dirty, that's fine. But she's been entertaining, and you know she's well, and it's good because you know, I mean you can see her face, so you can see expression. Right. And I like Katie Sackhoff. I mean, who doesn't? Everybody likes Katie Sackhoff. I don't know. think I haven't seen one thing in which I didn't like Katie. Sackhoff. Exactly my point. Yeah. <laughs> you know. All right, so let's do it. Ratings for Mandalorian season three, Ralph. I give Mandalorian season three. Seven, Grogu is controlling a mythosaur. What? <laughs> Out of 10. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Because <laughs> at the very end, he's putting his hand into the water, and it looks like he was communicating with the mythosaur. Well, probably can, you said controlling. I was like, I'm, he's probably communicating. I'm like, controlling? When did this happen? It look, it, listen, communicating control, it's basically the same thing. Yeah. He's wow, really? It's a C word. Go do it? my laundry right now, tech. Now, you don't got the you don't yeah. Got the see exactly. I'm I'm communicating. He, he, he's also not cute and green either. <laughs> I'll show you something cute and green. Whoa! And then whoa, get me a doctor. Mold. And then get me a doctor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna give Mandalorian season three six and a half. Pause. Vizsla's um, turning up against those red warriors out of ten. You, that shit was badass. You and Pause should just go get a room. I was just about to say like <laughs> Cap. Cap is he's like I want to go out like Pause Vizsla. <laughs> Yo, because uh, like where's the, my big gun? Like, like I agree with my like the, the way it. And it was like, you know, you could have escaped. But I was like, if I'm going to kick somebody's ass, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out like like he did. Except well, you, you could tell the kind of daddy was. They were like, Paz, you can escape and see your son. No, <laughs> I have to stay out here. I hate that kid. <laughs> if I die, I can't, I, I can't hear bickering. Uh, <laughs> Mike? Like, I, I already almost died twice saving my son because he was too stupid to stay inside. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, how many parents know about that? Mike? Oh, here's a here's a, a screen of characters that we didn't mention. But So I give it a rating of seven and a half. No squeezy out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Those, those, those were, were the worms from uh, those were the worms from the freaking uh, Men in Black. I'm like, oh my that's gosh. just them with a different costume on. But that was funny. And they was like, no squeezy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So there you have it. Mandalorian season three. Wait, let's wait and see. But I think you need to see and wait. But um, guys, don't go anywhere. Rocket Review is next. Hi, everyone. This is The Gap, here with another Rocket Review. 
Today, I'm going to review the Warner Brothers Discovery production of Barbie. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> you guys are like, why is he reviewing Barbie? Well, number one, my daughter wanted me to watch it with her. But after she fell asleep after the first 20 minutes, I got to watch it for myself. And I'll say this. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. What made it interesting is that um, it was a little bit over the head of its younger viewers, which works because this way they can sit down and enjoy the visuals while you enjoy the message of what the movie is trying to tell you. And it goes for everything from um, men and women's place in the real world to what Barbie represents in real life and how um, some of that stuff has changed or it's been different. And I got to say, with a couple of problems, I mean, don't get me wrong, the whole human plot with America Ferreira and her daughter, or at least their characters, and their issues was kind of resolved very one, two, three. The whole thing about Barbie and Ken and how men and women look at each other's society was a very interesting perspective and fun. And even though there are a lot of jokes that are pretty adult in nature or something that you might not want your kid watching, it'll probably go over their heads. So um, feel free of worry. But I'll say this, it was a lot more profound than I thought it would be and um, definitely deeper and made a lot of great points. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it on multiple levels. It's fun, but it also um, gave some commentary about um, being a woman and Barbie and all that stuff. So I'm going to give Barbie the movie eight midges and Allens out of 10. If you know, you know. So that's my record review. And now geeks on the go. Geeks on the go. This is the way. All right. That was cool. I accept that. That, was, that wasn't bad. Damn right you're going to accept it because right. I said it. Oh. This is the way. Wow. All right. All right. All right. And I so, have spoken. Shush. All right. So <laughs> uh, you know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. And we make it under a minute pretty frequently. But I feel like I have a saboteur in the midst. Why are you looking at me? What, what, what's the name of that game that you have to find the killer? It's a video game um, with, the, with the astronauts. Um, it's called Visiting Me. <laughs> <laughs> wow okay no it's the one with this among us yeah, there you go among us feels like among us like one of you are gonna sabotage me something was wrong with me and names today i can't think of anything yeah you're off you're off you usually mike has an off day with like, you're off bro i know really tell me at 4 a.m 4 a.m well don't worry we're gonna well, let's close this out now ready set go what actor could be a good replacement for James Earl Jones or Pedro Pascal's iconic voices? Wrong answers only. Mike. Bob Goldthwait or Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> Another Gilbert Gottfried reference. <laughs> Ralph. I mean, there's only one voice. Me. Oh, oh God. Wow. He, that, I should say that doesn't count. All right. Which franchise currently needs, seems to be in more disarray and needs to start over? The MCU or Star Wars? Ralph. The DCU. That's not an answer. That's the answer you're going to get. Okay, Mike. Star Wars. They've entered the bring fan favorites back from the dead stage. Wow. They have. We have a lot of people fighting over that. And in the world of Star Wars, which character type best suits you? A Wookiee, a Jedi, a Sith, a Mandalorian, a rebel fighter, or another alien? Ralph. The Bendu. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. Mike. I'm Sith-leaning Jedi working with two Jar Jar Binks Gugans. <laughs> and there we go. Once again. 
We make it under a minute. And I gave a long question for number three. Press press the button. Go press, press the button. Press that button. You hear it. It's just like. It hurts. It, <laughs> oh, my God. I, it was funny. I was like, Mike's going to have a Sith somewhere in his hands. I knew it. Yeah. I thought you were going to go for Wookiee Ralph. Yeah, there we go. Why? Why would you assume that? I don't know. Because the Wookiee jokes have been since like episode five. Nah. <laughs> this is our episode five. Not- so, Mike, the Bendu is neither light nor dark. It's just the Bendu. No, no, no. You need to watch Freddie Prince Jr. explain Star Wars. The Bendu is neither light nor dark. Have you seen his explanation? No. But the Bendu is neither After light. After we finish the show, I'm going to watch it and you hear what he says. It is just. All right. The bend. Okay. Shout outs. Do we have any shout outs? So what did they do? Do they have force? They're like, they're like gray Jedi, pretty much. So uh, the, they just have the force and they do what they want with it, like anybody else does. Yes. So yeah, that makes no sense. They don't exist. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll show you the video of Freddie Prince Jr. It's amazing. Shout out. Any shout outs? Because it's a shout. No. Okay. Um, I would like to shout out you guys. There are words. I don't have to say them. You know what they are. No. What are they? You know what they are. They're implied. I told you. Real men don't have to say it. What's implied? How many four-letter words are in there? Four. Uh, one four-letter word. Oh, okay. Which is the four-letter word. I can. I know a lot of four-letter words. It starts with L and ends with E. Yeah, okay. So lube. Lube? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you sick bastard. Uh, but correct. Sick bastard. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're not sick. wrong. <laughs> you guys are all lubed. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Anything else so there? You mean we're just going to hear him. We're going to get a good night hug. And he's going to whisper in our ears. I lube you. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds far worse than anything anyone could whisper in your ear as they're about to leave. P.S. <laughs> anybody who, who listens to the podcast who I bump into on a regular basis, if you heard of this episode, please tell me you lube me. <laughs> That's all I know you listen to this episode. Mike, Mike any shout outs? Anybody you lube? I'm going to shout out the entire family that I got to see over the Labor Day weekend, oh, or at least oh. a large part of the family, anyhow. And, uh, you know, I shout them out, even though not a damn one of them is listening in. But I have hope. And I did talk to uh, Cheryl with the Air Force, and she's like, you know, I I get the feeling we're not getting the millions of funding from the Air Force. But, you know, still, I'm hopeful. So then why have I been catching, uh, why have I been cashing all these Air Force checks? Uh, That's something that you're probably going to be answering to uh, at, at a federal prison. Drawing planes don't make it an Air Force check. That's true. <laughs> Drawing plays on a check, don't make it an airport check. That's true, too. Yeah. Doesn't it? Then why does the bank take it and give me money? Because they think you're doodling. <laughs> and, and it's monopoly money. If you also, take they see in your handwriting, so it probably looks more legible than your actual letters. <laughs> that, that is very true. All right. So, my shout outs um, the usual suspects. Um, first, happy birthday, Big Daddy Kev, and to um, Kev. Um, to Big Troy. Kev and Troy. That's Troy, right. The Eternal. Woo! Big Kev, 55, and Troy is 40, I believe. Damn, like I'm just shouting out all kind of ages. <laughs> <laughs> if they're wrong, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they're not here to dispute themselves. Exactly. <laughs> I thought Kev was like 1,002. Um, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, I, I, I did the math wrong there. Yeah. This um, is why Mike should only do the this math. This is why Mike, 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 the finance guy, used to be. Now he's yeah. <laughs> Mike, 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 the fun guy. <laughs> yeah. Your mushrooms? Oh, here we go. I love mushrooms. As, after, as it left my mouth, I'm like, damn. I'm the mofo guy. I'm the mofo guy. <laughs> also, shout out to Tinkerbell, who's listening again, and she goes, okay, she's going to get mad at me, but she's like, there's a couple I haven't gotten. I'm like, ooh, ooh, you suck. <laughs> and if you didn't get the one from today, just stop. <laughs> Listen, Tinkerbell, just ask yourself, 
What's in the box? What's in the box? You can even get that one. That was great. Um, <laughs> shout, shout out to South Carolina. Hope you're doing well. Shout out to Emma's from Marvel. Hope that um, hope that helmet that you have is wonderful, and hope that you enjoy Comic Con. She's super excited for Comic Con. Um, shout out to Lady J. Hope to see you very very soon. And shout out to Big Joey, who's been listening every now and again. Joey oh wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And big shout out. To Ivan, a.k.a. Mr. Cooper, who... Why? What's reached, that asshole been up to? He reads me the riot act. And he goes, well, I got a shout out this time. I'm like, I didn't know you were listening. <laughs> He's, and then he tells me the truth. He goes, if it's something that I don't care about, I'll listen. If it's something that, I, that I'm going to watch and I haven't watched, ah. I won't listen because I don't want you guys to spoil it. Because somebody in this group likes to spoil. Ah, okay. Yeah. I know. I've talked to Mike about that. And he's helped me work through it. Well, See, you didn't think I was going to go that way, did you? Yeah, I really didn't think that. Well, I just want to let uh, you know that Mr. Cooper didn't know, I lube you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a great way to end the show. So for <laughs> Mike, also known as MFG or MLG with, with lube, <laughs> and Archie Squared, Rob Patek, this is the cap saying, this is Mike the lube guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the cap saying, keep it geeky and keep it lubing. <laughs>